Well, if you brought your Bibles tonight, and I hope that you have, turn with me to the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. Um, as you're finding Matthew chapter 6, I've had, uh, I've had people ask me uh, <laughs> how long I was going to preach, not to preach too long. I've joked with everybody and teased them and told everybody tonight that uh, I was going to preach really long tonight. Um, the truth is, is I never have any idea how long I'm going to preach. I just preach and I don't know, it always seems to work out. <laughs> so I don't really know how long I'll preach tonight. Matthew chapter 6, I uh, want to start at verse 25 and read through the end of the chapter. Then we'll go to the Lord together in a word of prayer. Matthew six twenty-five says, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet our heavenly Father feedeth them. Are, the, are, ye, not more, are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature. And why take ye, th- excuse me, verse 28, and why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. <clears throat> they toil not, <clears throat> neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or withal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, we just humbly come before you here this evening. We thank you for the good day and for the many blessings. We thank you for the opportunity you've given us to gather here tonight, to worship together, to lift our voices up in song to you and in praise. And we thank you, Lord, for that opportunity. We thank you, Lord, for our church family. We thank you for the roof you put over our head, the nation that we live in, the freedom that we have to, to be able to openly gather here without any kind of fear of persecution or anything like that. We thank you, Lord, for the blessings that you poured out on us But we thank you most of all tonight for your son Jesus, Lord God, that you sent him and that you give him so that we might have life and have that life eternally and abundantly. God, we don't deserve it. We're not worthy. We couldn't ever do enough to thank you or repay you. And God, you knew that, but you've done it anyways. So Lord, let us always be a people with praise and glory on our lips for you because you alone are worthy of it. And Lord, I just pray tonight that your word tonight would find a lodging place in our hearts. 
God, you know what we stand in need of. You know where we fall short. You know what we struggle with. Uh, you know where our weaknesses are and, and our times of, of doubt. And, and, and so, Lord, I just pray tonight, Lord, that you would just move upon each one of us in a mighty way. God, that you'd strengthen our faith tonight. Lord, that you would just move in a mighty way here tonight. Uh, Lord, and I pray if there's any among us tonight that's not right with you, uh, that has not surrendered all to you, if there's any here tonight that are having trouble with their priorities, any having trouble with just placing you first in their lives, if there's any here tonight that's not sure where they stand with you, any that are lost and undone, God, let tonight be the night that they would repent and get things right with you before it's everlasting too late. So, Lord, I'm just asking, have your way and your will here in our midst tonight, and we'll be sure and give you all the glory. And Lord, let me ask for my own self. Lord, I need help tonight. I can't do this without you. And so, Lord, I'm asking that you clear my mind of everything but your message, your words, your thoughts. Place on my tongue the very things you'd have me to say tonight. And I'll be sure and give you all the glory for it. Lord, my heart's desire, Lord, is for me to preach tonight your words, your message, your thoughts, just exactly the way you would have me to do it and that you'd be glorified by it all, and everything would point to you. So, Lord, I'm asking for your unction, your holy unction, your anointing tonight. Fill me full of your spirit, Lord, and give me the words you'd have me to say, and I'll be sure and give you all the glory for it. We ask it all tonight in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Amen. You know, it's been famously said that actions express priorities. That's something that I've emphasized for years now, since the Lord brought that to my attention many years ago. That is something that I've always emphasized in my ministry and in my preaching, that actions express priorities. They, they, they express what you really believe and what you really think a whole lot better than what your words do. A priority, if we look, at a pri look up priority, a priority is by definition a matter that ranks above all others in importance. That's what makes it a priority. And so if this is true, then maybe I could just ask you a few questions and we could just stop right there. We won't, but maybe we could. If this is true, then where do your priorities lie? What do you hold most dear? What do you really treasure what is truly important to you let me ask you some questions that'll help you figure that out what do you spend your time on what do you think about the most where do you spend your money right that's really getting at the heart of the matter now i understand there's bills to to be paid and things like that uh, but I'm asking you though uh, where else do you spend your money where do you spend your money uh, I like and I've quoted it before uh, one old preacher said one time uh, please don't tell me what you believe tell me what you do and I'll tell you what you believe in other words that's the same thing I've been saying your actions reveal to you, reveal that, uh, what you really believe, what you really think, where your priorities really are. In other words, your actions will always tell on you. Now, I want you to remember tonight as we go on that our lives are to be a living sacrifice. The Bible tells us that in Romans 12, 1 and 2, right? 
Our lives are to be a living sacrifice. We are to die to self daily. We are to pick up our crosses and follow Jesus seeking first the kingdom of God, right? Uh, You see, the highest priority in life is loving God more than anything else. I'm just going to cut to the chase and give you the answer. The highest priority is loving God more than anything else. If you have anything else in that place, anything comes above that, if your answer is anything different than that, then your priorities aren't right. And if our top priority should be loving God more than anything else, then that should determine what our actions are. You know, I've thought about I've thought about preaching a series of sermons on what the Bible doesn't say. I know, I know, I know. Here's what I mean by that. I mean, there's a lot of things that get commonly said that are attributed to God, right? That are attributed to the Scripture and attributed to God that He didn't actually say, that the Bible does not actually say, right? I'll give you one tonight, and I think it fits in with this. God helps those that help themselves. You heard that before? Maybe you've even repeated it before. God helps those that help themselves. Bible don't say that. Don't say it nowhere. But let me tell you the closest I think you can get, and I think these scriptures tonight is telling us, is the truth is God helps those that puts God first. Right? Think about that and go back and read the passage of scripture that I've read to you tonight. And, and, see, and see what I'm getting at. Isn't that what God's saying there? Right? God's not saying He helps those that helps, himself, that helps themselves. He's saying that He helps those that put, the, put Him, that put the kingdom of God first. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And then all these other things will be taken care of. They'll be added to you. So in this passage of Scripture, now this is part of the Sermon on the Mount. And in Bible study, we're going to get there here before too long, and we're going to study all of this, chapters 5, 6, and 7, right? That's the Sermon on the Mount. In this part of that sermon, in this passage, Jesus calls for us to seek after the kingdom of God first, not ourselves. He does not, not anywhere in here will you find where he tells us to take care of ourselves first. No, what he says instead is just the opposite of that. We need to quit putting ourselves first and thinking about ourselves first, and we need to put God first. And then he explains to us if we do, everything else will fall into place. It's amazing how that works. I have talked with and counseled with and and just been in church with so many people, right, that, have, that will put everything else first above God and then wonder why their life is a mess. Wonder why it's always, you know, this is happening and that's happening and things are just riddled with problems. I'm telling you, if you put God first, I'm not saying that you won't have problems. I'm not saying that you won't have worries. I'm not saying that you won't face things and things like that. But I'm saying there's just an amazing way that God has a way of working things out and things fall into place. But you see, that's the opposite of what our culture today teaches. That's the opposite of what the world today says, right? Our modern culture idolizes ourselves. 
right, and self-sufficiency. Everyone needs to, what it says is everyone needs to take care of themselves first, right? They say things like, look out for number one, right? Have you heard that? That's what the world says today. That's what they teach is look out for number one first. Put yourself first, right? You need to just take care of yourself and worry about it and stop worrying about everything else, right? Isn't that what the world says? But that's just the opposite of what God says. God says that if you'll put the kingdom of God first, you won't have to worry about yourself because he'll take care of you. You see, God's plan for our lives is the exact opposite of what the world's is. Right? God's plan is focus on the kingdom of God first. And God will take care of all of our necessities. Nowhere have we promised all of our wants, but all of our necessities will be taken care of. You see, following Jesus is about living a selfless life, right? Not a selfish life, a selfless life. I think the key to this whole passage of Scripture is right here in verse 33. Let me just read it to you again, one of my favorites. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto, unto you. If we focus on seeking God, we don't need to worry about all of these other things in life, right? The storms are going to come. The problems are going to come, right? There's maybe times of famine, times of need, times of, of bareness. But God says, don't worry. As long as your priorities are right, as long as you're setting Him first above everything else, don't worry. That goes along with what I preached, uh, preached this morning, right? Because if that's the case, he's going to do what is best <coughs> for us. So, what is he trying to teach us through this? Our relationship with God needs to be our top priority. Period. You know... Um, the experts say, I've, I've, uh, I've studied on, I've even been in some classes where it talks about, you know, priorities and things like that. Anyways, experts say that three mistakes most people make when they set priorities is one, they don't think about it. They don't think it through, okay? What it actually, what that actually means. The second thing they say is they make it too complicated. When they set their priorities, they make it too complicated instead of just keeping it simple. And the third thing is, is then they don't actually live their priorities. You see, seeking first the kingdom of God is really a pretty simple priority. Just put God first. Just put Him above everything else. That's pretty simple. But yet it is difficult for us to live out this priority because we have so many things pulling at us. Right? We literally can have children and grandchildren pulling at us, right? We can have the cares of the world pulling at us, right? We can have bill collectors pulling at us, right? We've got everything trying to dominate our time today, right? Things pulling at us. Can I ask you a question? Would you say that God is truly... Now, don't answer me, this, but Lord knows the truth. I want you to ask yourself, would you honestly say 
could you honestly say that God is your top priority? I literally mean the very object that your world revolves around, right? Could you honestly say that God is the very thing that everything else revolves around? I saw a, and I thought it was silly, I laughed at first, and I thought, you know what, that's good. (laughs) That's actually really good. I saw a recent uh, survey online thing uh, that asked the question, why are priorities important? I thought it was a dumb question, but I liked the way it was answered, right? The number one answer, the top answer, was a priority is something that is important. I thought, yeah, that's pretty good. A priority is something that is important. And so we all have priorities in our life. And there are things... We treat, these are the things that we treat as most important. The only question is, are you treating the most important thing with the most importance? Is God, I mean, look, there's all kinds of levels of priorities, but is God your top priority? I asked you some questions, and let me just work through them just a little bit more before I quit tonight. Hopefully that it will invoke you to think a little bit. What do you spend your time doing? Right? We've never lived in a time like we, like we have today with so many different things pulling at us. What do you spend your time doing? Right? I said that if God is your top priority, what that's going to look like is literally your world is going to revolve around God. Does it? Too many, you know what too many people do? Too many people only give God uh, whatever leftover time they have, right? They put Him in second, third, fourth, or even last place on their calendar, right? They come to church when there's nothing else to do, right? I have found as a pastor that if the weather's bad, people won't come to church because the weather's bad. And if the weather's too good, if it's too nice, people won't come to church either, right? If the wind blows, they won't come. If there's no wind, they won't come, right? If the sun shines and the sun don't shine, right? There's always a reason. There's always an excuse, right? We live in a day and a time where there's more things pulling at us than any other point. I'm proud of you tonight. You guys are here. Now, some of you are wearing your Chiefs shirts and stuff, and that's fine. But the Chiefs are in the Super Bowl. It started an hour and a half ago. But you're here tonight. You know, everyone has the same amount of time each day. We all have 24 hours in a day. The only difference is what do we choose to spend those 24 hours on? Where is God? I think that if you apply the principle he teaches here and you put God first, I think everything else will fall into place. Cut and dry. Period. Let me ask you another question. What do you think about the most? Right? Colossians 3, 2 says, Set your affection on things above, not on things on earth. Right? Put your mind on heavenly things. Setting our affection on things above means striving to put heaven's priorities 
into daily practice, right? It means to think about and to focus on, on God's things, on heavenly priorities. To think about the things of heaven means to look at life from God's perspective and His point of view and to seek what He desires, not what the flesh desires. So let me ask you, are the things that you think on your thoughts, your plans, your dreams, in the intents of your heart? Or are they God's thoughts, God's plans, God's dreams, the intents of God's heart? Are things you think on heavenly or earthly? And let me ask you one more, and this is the one that gets us. What do you spend your money on? I mentioned that earlier. You know, some people only give to God what's left over. When they see that they've had enough to pay all of the bills and to do whatever they deem they need to do or maybe even some things they want to do, then they'll give God a little bit of money that's left over. If that's you, or even if you're just tempted to do that, would you do me a favor? Would you turn back in the book of Genesis to the story of Cain and Abel? Chapter 4 is where it begins. And would you look and see how well that turned out for Cain? That's what he did. If you, if you follow his practice and do the same thing he did, things will end up for you just like they did for him. If you want to have the Lord first in your life, you're going to have to give him first claim on your time, on your mind, your thoughts, and on your finances, on your money, on your income, however you want to say that. Otherwise, do you, do you know what happens? Do you know why God does it that way? God don't need my money and he don't need your money. You understand that our father owns all the cattle on a thousand hills, right? He's got enough money to take care of whatever, right? We, we, I mean, the biggest number I can think of and that I know of is what our national debt is, right? That's an astronomical number that I don't think in a million years we could ever pay. But yet it ain't nothing to God, right? That's how it is with God. You understand what I'm saying? The money don't mean anything to him. It's not that he needs our money, but if you will not give him first claim on it, right? We talk about that 10% tithe off the top, but if you don't give him first claim on it, do you know what happens? It becomes an idol to you. It becomes an idol to you. Yeah, we all need money, right? We all need money to buy groceries and pay bills and, and maybe get, you know, if we're, if we're fortunate, do a few things that, that we want to do. But if you're not willing to let God have first claim on it. That very thing that you feel like you need to exist will become your downfall. It will become an idol to you. So trust God. Actually trust God enough to turn loose and give him back just a little bit of what's his. See if what he won't pour you out a blessing. So, I've started all this. Our first priority is to seek the kingdom of God. That's what the scripture says. Plain and simple. Listen to me. 
And we'll get here, we'll get there in our, in our Bible study before too long, all right? And I'm going to emphasize it when we get there. This is not a suggestion. Jesus is not preaching this and saying, hey, this would be a good idea if you would consider this. It's not a suggestion. This is a clear command, right? This is a clear command from our Lord, right, that he gave us in these very scriptures that I've read to you tonight. So, just to sum it up, does God have your time? Does he have your mind? Does he have your wallet? If he doesn't have those, could you really say that he's your top priority? Do you really love him with everything more than anything else? If God don't have those things, right, if he don't have your time and your mind and your money, then I'm not real sure that he's got you. How can we say that we've given him our heart, but yet we will not let him have priority in our lives? Honestly, if this is you, sounds like maybe your earthly priorities may have your heart instead of Jesus. If I just started a few verses earlier in verse 21, we had read, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. For where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. I know that I've preached some serious things to you tonight. And I had no intention to cut in any slack. If it come across a little rough, that's how I intended for it to be. Where is God? If he doesn't come first in everything, if he's not your top priority, uh, then I don't really think he's got any priority in your life or not much. And if he don't have, just like I mentioned here this evening, if he don't have your time and your mind and your money, I don't think he's got you either. Because how in the world could you say, I, oh, I give my heart to the Lord, right? That's what we like to say when we talk about being saved. I give my heart to the Lord. I didn't give him nothing else. How dare him take a dollar out of my wallet or a minute off my clock? But he's got my heart. Baloney, no he doesn't. You're just looking for a little fire insurance. What you're looking for. You're going to find out that policy ain't no good. Would you stand to your feet? I want to open the altar and I want to give you an opportunity to come tonight. Spirit of God dealing with you, would you come tonight? If you've got a need, if you've got a heavy burden, would you come tonight? Whatever it might be, don't miss this opportunity tonight.